Let me begin this morning by asking you to use your imagination. Hopefully it's not too early to ask you to do that. Imagine a coin like this one. A coin that has two words written on it. On one side you find the word repent. On the other you find the word believe. I begin with that image this morning because it'll help you to remember the message of my homily, which very simply is that repentance and belief are two sides of the same coin. That is to say, these two ideas, belief and repentance, go together, or at least they should go together in your mind, in my mind, in the mind of every Catholic and Christian, because we know for an absolute fact from today's Gospel reading specifically that these two ideas definitely went together in the mind of Jesus Christ. In this text we just heard from Mark chapter 1, we heard about the opening days of Jesus' earthly ministry. Now, St. Mark does not tell us everything that Jesus preached on those occasions. To do that would have taken him several chapters at least. But he does give us a clear and concise summary of the Lord's message. He tells us, in other words, the most important ideas contained in the early preaching of Jesus Christ. And these are ideas that Jesus would go back to over and over again. Ideas that he would share with almost everyone he ministered to during the next three years. The summary is recorded for us in three very short sentences and two key commands. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The two key commands, of course, are there in the last sentence. Repent and believe. For Jesus, those two realities were absolutely, positively inseparable. And that's the way it is for the Church today, especially during the season of Lent. This explains why, a few days ago, when you received ashes on your head from a priest or a deacon or an extraordinary minister, what they said to you, probably, when they made that cross on your forehead, were the words, repent and believe in the gospel. You remember that before the change in the Roman Missal, we used to say, turn away from sin and be faithful to the gospel, but now we use the exact words of Jesus as recorded in Scripture, which I think is exactly the way it should be. I mention all this today because many people in our modern world, including, sad to say, many Catholics, treat repentance and belief as if they were two separate coins, to use the image of this homily, and not two sides of the same one. Now this is something that our Holy Father, former Holy Father, John Paul II, alluded to in the encyclical he wrote back in 1993, Veritatis Splendor, the splendor of truth, when he said, and here I quote, when he talked about the quote-unquote intrinsic and unbreakable bond between faith and morality. And he talked in that encyclical extensively about the tendency people have to separate those two things. Notice that St. Peter, 
implicitly, not explicitly, but he implicitly connects belief and repentance in that second reading we heard a few moments ago. The very beginning of it, he says, Christ suffered for sins once, the righteous for the sake of the unrighteous, that he might lead you to God. The fact that Jesus suffered and died for our sins is something we believe. It's part of our faith. We profess it in the creed every single Sunday in Holy Day. But the only way to be saved by the death of Jesus, or as Peter puts it here, the only way for a person to be led to God by Jesus, is through repentance. There's no other way. So you see, in that one sentence, we see both sides of the coin implied. Let me share with you now one real-life example to make it clear how important it is to keep these two ideas, belief and repentance, together always. The difference between treating belief and repentance as two separate coins and treating them as two sides of the same coin is the difference between Judas Iscariot and Simon Peter. And that's a big difference. Judas, as we all know, despaired. And he hung himself. Why? Why did he do that? Well, it's precisely because of the fact that he separated his repentance from his faith in Jesus, which unfortunately was pretty weak to begin with. You know, it's crystal clear from sacred scripture, Judas did repent after he betrayed our Lord on Holy Thursday night. Here's how St. Matthew puts it in chapter 27 of his Gospel. He says, Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that Jesus had been condemned, deeply regretted what he had done. That's repentance, right? As far as I'm concerned, it seems like repentance to me. Then it goes on to say, he returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in betraying innocent blood. They said, what is that to us? Look to it yourself. Flinging the money into the temple, he departed and went off and hanged himself. See, Judas repented in the sense that he deeply regretted what he had done. But he definitely did not believe. That was his problem. His personal coin, to use that image again, had repent written on one side and absolutely nothing written on the other. He didn't believe. He didn't believe, number one, that Jesus still loved him. Although Jesus did. With a perfect love, an eternal love. He didn't believe that Jesus would forgive him. And he certainly didn't believe that Jesus was dying for his sins to save him from those sins and the eternal effects of those sins. He probably didn't even believe that he could be saved or that he was worth saving. And that lack of belief made all the difference in terms of how he responded to the situation he found himself in. He hung himself. This reminds me of the people who come into the confessional and confess the same sin over and over again. Not because they've committed the sin 
over and over again, because they haven't. They might have committed it only once, but they confess it again and again and again because they don't believe. They don't believe God's forgiven them for it. Even though they've repented, even though they've done exactly what they should have done, they've brought the sin to the sacrament with true contrition in their heart. But they don't believe that Jesus has taken the sin away, even though he has. They don't realize it. They're like Judas, because they repent, but they don't believe. And that's why they don't have peace, although God wants them to have peace. How different Simon Peter was. Even though his denials of Jesus were every bit as bad as Judas's betrayal. Hope we're clear about that fact, because it's true. The Bible tells us that after he denied our Lord for the third time and heard that cock crow, Peter went out and wept bitterly. So, just like Judas, he repented. But unlike Judas, he never, ever, 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 ever stopped believing. He didn't stop believing that Jesus loved him. He didn't stop believing that Jesus could or would forgive him if he sincerely repented. So the guy, to his credit, never gave up. Consequently, when he had the opportunity after the resurrection, he went back to Jesus and repented and professed his love. He did it, as you will recall, three times in reparation for his three denials. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Peter's coin had the word repent on one side and believe on the other. Always. Always. If we want to be like Peter during this season of Lent, and I pray we do, then I think we should plan to do two things. First of all, we should plan to attend the parish mission beginning on March the 12th. Why? Because doing that will help to strengthen us in our belief, side one of the coin. And secondly, we should repent by getting to confession at some point before Easter. Side two of the coin. Belief and repentance together, together, help to make Simon Peter a saint. May they help us to attain that very same goal in our lives.